Hey, everybody. My name is Eric G. I'm a compulsive overeater. I want to thank Lauren for reaching out to me to uh, allow me to share my story with you all tonight. Hope you're uh, having a great Sunday so far. Um, so, yeah, let's get right into it. I um, my, my compulsion started just before my fifth birthday when my parents separated, and I was able to find that out. Um, you know, as a result of working this program and, you know, kind of clearing my mind and finding out, you know, because I I was actually curious about that because I didn't have that. uh, I didn't have the addiction prior to that, that childhood trauma, you know, and it was, it was, it was actually a a big thing because uh, I, I was, I found myself in in a new environment that was very foreign to me, you know, with, with a new person that was to be my, my stepmother. And she already had children of her own that were quite older than I, you know, I was almost five and they were already married out of the house. Some of them were divorced or separated themselves, you know? And so, uh, there was, there was this, you know, it was just weird. And also on top of everything else, I think it's, I think it's see my mother except for on weekends. And I wasn't allowed to do that until maybe uh, I don't know, a month or more of staying with them. They felt they, everybody felt it best, I guess, that I disconnect with her so that I can get used to this new environment. And, uh, it was, it was, it was really hard. It was super hard. And I had to cry myself to sleep at night kind of thing, you know? And I recall, uh, that I started to eat, um, not because I was hungry, but because, um, I didn't know what to do with the, these horrible feelings that I was having, you know? And, um, and then, and then, you know, that really set the foundation for my compulsive overeating career. And, you know, there was no off switch once it started, you know, once that, once that final foundation was cemented, was dry, was cemented and dried. It was, it was, there was no turning back and I, I couldn't stop it when I wanted to, you know, like there was a time as a child, when I, when I realized I was different from everybody else, all the rest of the children didn't have this thing. At least I didn't notice that how important food was to me. You know, I remember in elementary school at Christmas time, they made this little uh, jelly uh, candy thing where they put a bunch of toothpicks in it and then they put it on the, on the Christmas tree. And I, of course I snuck in there and I tried to, you know, pull out a couple of toothpicks and eat a couple of bites and then put it back on the tree. And I did that a lot with a lot of things. You know, if there was something, some alcoholic foods on the table, I would, I would eat them and, and kind of rearrange them so they would, you know, nobody would notice. And same thing in the refrigerator, you know, and if we had, there was a party, I would be, you know, scraping, you know, trays and pans and all that stuff. And, um, and then also I, I, I stole from my, my father, I stole from my mother, I stole money from them so that I can purchase, you know, my alcoholic foods. And, uh, you know, I always ate too much at the dinner table and, uh, you know, I was, it got my hand slapped a lot, you know, and, and, and a lot, there was a lot of shame around that as well. And, um, and, and I, and I, and I knew that, the, I knew that that was wrong, I, but I couldn't stop it. You know, I was ravenous. I was ravenous. I, I, I swear if I thought about it, I probably would, would have begged people for food, you know, and I would have eaten anything at that point in my life, you know, as a child, I was like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whatever it is. It's fantastic. Give it to me. You know, large amounts is perfect. And, uh, I began to realize that I have to, uh, I have to fix this thing. It's getting out of hand and it's embarrassing. My family are making fun of me. Uh, my, my, uh, my friends in school are making fun of me. Um, I'm, this isn't normal. 
I was embarrassed. I was I was humiliated that the way I, about the way I was thinking, not just of you know gaining weight, but just I was embarrassed and humiliated because of the way I the way I was thinking and behaving and acting, because it was out of my control, you know. And and I wanted desperately to to not be me. I wanted to be somebody else because this this you know I I, I don't know how to be me. But if I can you know be somebody else, then then everything is going to be fine, and that other person is going to be thin and happy and everybody's going to love this person. And, and so I wanted to be that magical person, you know, and to get there, I knew that I had to diet and exercise, you know, it, it was just, it just, it just became relevant to me. I noticed that my mom was doing that. She wasn't, she's not one of us, you know, but, uh, um, she was always into health and fitness, you know, and she was always into the newest fad and newest diet, you know? And, and, uh, so I, I would just, you know, when I, when I, when I get to see my mom on weekends, I would, you know, I would take the, I would, you know, do that diet with her all weekend long or for at least a good solid five minutes before I would, you know, give up and go back to what I'm familiar with. But, you know, I, I love that, that I was at least trying, you know, and, and I, and I loved all the diets that they had back, back in the seventies, you know, before AIDS was a horrible and debilitating disease, it was a delicious caramel. And then you would ingest this caramel and it goes into your tummy and then it expands and then you overcome your spiritual malady or just, you know, polish off the entire boxes, which is what I did. And, and the other thing I loved was Seago. Um, I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it's, it was fantastic. It came in chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. It was a milkshake and it did the same thing. You ingest this thing and, you know, you overcome your spiritual malady. And, and, there's, and their slogan was awesome. Seago is great for your ego, which was absolutely true. It was also great with a sandwich you know, or whatever, you know, food, it's just really good compliment to any food that you're eating. And uh, the, my favorite, of course, was all you can eat doesn't matter what the diet was, as long as in the beginning, it said all you can eat, you know, all you can eat, you know, meat or pineapple or, you know, nasty cabbage soup doesn't matter, all you can eat, you know, and then of course, copious amounts of diet soda, because that's the best thing for you, don't you know, and, uh, and then I would, you know, I would, I would incorporate these things into my binge. You know, they would have like uh, those frozen dinners from um, uh, Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig or something like that. And, and uh, um, actually, maybe not Jenny Craig, maybe that's too, too, too early. But anyways, like Weight Watchers. Um, and, and it was great, you know, because if it's if it's if it's all low calorie, then you can have four or five of those things, <laughs> you know, and um, and I and I never lost weight on any of those diets. So obviously they were failing those diets. didn't. obviously I wasn't doing the diets the way they were supposed to be done. I don't actually know if diets work or not. I've never actually tried a diet. I've always just taken diet food and abused them, you know, abused the amount, put too much, hurt myself, blame the food, you know, and the same thing with exercise. I joined, I, my, my mom got me a membership for a gym and I would go there for hours and I would spend most of my time at the vending machine and wondering why I'm not getting thinner and how come I'm not, you know, I was at the gym, for goodness sake, don't you know, where is my thin body? And I just got worse and worse, you know, and, and uh, it wasn't until 1981 that I got to my first OA meeting, per chance. My mom heard about it, found out. I don't know where she knew. I, I actually have to ask her about that. But she took me to this meeting in 1981. It was an OA meeting in, in, um, uh, in Orange at the uh, Mariposa Women's Center. And and there was a circle there and it was of older people. Obviously I was just a child and um, they talked about 
I don't know what they talked about. It was all irrelevant and a waste of time. Nobody was, there was no diet to take home. There was no talk of, you know, this perfect exercise regimen. They had no answers to anything. It was just a huge waste of my time. But I thought perhaps we'd go back. So I went home and I did what I knew is if we're going to start a diet on Monday uh, of next, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and uh, uh, go ahead and start binging right now because the diet's coming up. You know, I knew, I knew it was that much, but never ended up not going back. Uh, I didn't go back uh, to um, OA until I was 15 when my, my parents allowed me to um, check into um, an eating disorders treatment facility. And I was there for uh, several weeks. And in that time frame, that, that was when I was really introduced and inducted into Overeaters Anonymous. And it, and it was fun. You know, there was back in, we're in the 80s now. And back in the 80s, the meetings were huge. No pun intended. Just they were very well populated. You know, there was a podium speaker. There was, there was standing room only. Um, and it was great. I love that environment. And I love especially that I can share my thoughts and feelings. And, and, and not be ridiculed and, and for the first time, you know, not feel weird because I didn't know anybody outside of these rooms that thought the way that I, that I do, that it was okay that I would go into somebody's house and, and, you know, and be just, just, you know, overwhelmed by this, this urge to take the food from the table without being caught, you know, or be able to go into their refrigerator or, you know, notice that there's something in the trash and if nobody's going to eat that, I'll take that too, you know, and I can share these things and, 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 you know, and not be made fun of or ridiculed or kicked out. You know, I was always welcomed here and I really, really love that. And I went to these meetings and I, and I was listening to one of these speakers at one time, you know, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really get anything out of the speakers. I was not interested in the tools and the steps and all that stuff, even in the, you know, the eating disorders treatment facility. I just wanted the diet. They gave us a diet. There's a nutritionist that got the diet. You know, they, they had another lady there that helped us with exercise, proper, healthy exercise, you know, that, that, that made sense. That was realistic. That wouldn't sabotage or hurt you, you know, and it was awesome. You know, so I got that. that those are the things that I, those are the things that I, that I took from everything, from all the meetings that I went to, and and all the all the you know therapy and everything that we did, that that we worked on over at the Indian Source Treatment Facility, it was just the diet and the exercise. That's all that's all I ever wanted, and I knew that would be the answer to all my problems. You know, and I went to this meeting um, with that with that group, and uh, and I heard this man speak at one point, and he was just you know blah 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 steps and you know life and relationships and spirituality and doing work in the tool, just whatever. I was like, whatever. And then he goes, and I lost a bunch of weight. And then I'm like, what? Hold on. I'm going to listen to this guy now. He said something about weight loss. Here we go. Lay it on me, brother. He goes, and I know that you're looking for all the answers to all your problems. So I'm going to let you know what that is right now. You know, and I'm at the edge of my seat going, oh my gosh, what's this guy going to say? He's going to finally tell me what I want to hear. He's got the perfect diet and the perfect exercise regimen. And then I can go home. I don't even have to be in OA anymore. I can just take this information and leave. So he goes, all right, so here you go. Answers to all your problems. You get a sponsor and you follow direction. No, that was it. That was the entire thing. Just, I was just, oh, my gosh. I remember just being so angry with this guy. What, 
that's the most ignorant thing I'd ever seen or ever heard in my entire life at that point. I was like, oh, my God. This, so you're, you're suggesting that I call some stranger, ask that stranger for help. And this person is going to make these suggestions like you should eat this and you should read that and you should go to this meeting. And you should, you know, make this call and, you know, be of service and blah, blah, blah. Well, pray and meditate. Seriously? What an idiot. What an absolute idiot. Let me tell you one thing. At that age, nobody tells me what to do except for the people that told me what to do. Outside of that, nobody tells me what to do. My dad, you're not in charge of me. You're my boss. This is the thinking as a child, as a teenager. This is my thinking, you know. And, and, I, and I'll be damned if anybody was going to. No, 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 no. And that was okay, by the way. It was okay that I was looking for the perfect diet and the perfect exercise regimen. And it was okay that I was not interested in this program at all, you know, and how this program works because I wanted to be here. I was allowed to be here because I had, you know, what everybody else has that's here, you know, the only reason that our third tradition, our third tradition, the only re, the only requirement for OA membership is an honest desire to stop eating compulsively. That's what I had. That was enough for me to be allowed to sit in the chair next to you good people, you know, and I, I was really appreciative of that, you know, and there was nobody taking me aside and say, hey, hey, Eric, what step are you on? If you're not working the steps by a certain time, you should get out of program. You haven't lost any weight. You don't have a sponsor. You don't, you don't have a relationship with a higher power. You know, there was no OA police department, you know, giving out tickets. It was just love and acceptance and come back, keep coming back, you know, and I'm glad that you're here and it's good to see you again, you know. Let's 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 go out and have coffee sometime. They're just a bunch of good people trying to help each other, and and that was very attractive to me. That was all that I was willing to do, though, was be there sometimes. And also, that's okay. That was enough, you know. And I didn't start working this program until uh, until 1994. 1994. I went actually was I I, I realized it just now. I went back to that same place, the, the Placentia Linda Hospital. And there was a little tiny meeting there at this point um, that I went to. It was like a, a you know, like a shoot, a offshoot of one of the other meetings, one of the big meetings that they had. And so it was really small. There was maybe five or six people there, including myself. And I shared, blah, blah, blah. You know, life is miserable. I hate everything. Thanks for letting me share. And that's basically how my shares went at the time. And this man was there. And, you know, we'll call him Conrad because, you know, that's his name. So Conrad uh, approached me after the meeting. Which I don't do, by the way. I don't do that to this day. I don't. I don't come up to people and ask if they want to work with me. I. I, I don't do that. But he. He. He came to me and he says, you know, uh, would you like to uh, work the steps with me? And I was like, um, mm, sure. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I've been coming and going for quite a few years now, and and uh, I thought, well, he seemed like a nice guy. So yeah, let's let's give this a shot. So. So here we go. I, I, he says, yeah, uh, after work next week, bring, me, bring your big book, drive over to my house, and, and, uh, and we'll start working on this thing. So we went to his house, and we started reading it from this big book. And we're not, we're not talking about a food plan or anything. He just said, come bring your big book, and let's do this. So I, I read the big book. Uh, so we started reading the big book, and he's changing the words from alcohol to alcoholic foods and alcoholic to compulsive overeater and sober to stuffed, you know, just so that I can understand it. And then when we, they, we had these big 50 cent words in there, he had, we had a source to look things up, you know, so we can understand the, what these, what these people were talking about, you know? And then I went home and on the way home, I felt like, Oh my gosh, I feel great. 
I didn't understand. I it felt stupid just to read from this stupid book with no pictures, by the way. But uh, I feel great. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, what happened was um, I I was, uh, you know, struck ab- I was not struck absent, but I was struck, um, you know, um, spiritual. I, like, the, like a spirituality hit me really hard. And I was willing to do whatever it took. And I stood, I took, I did whatever this guy told me to do for a whole year. And it was amazing, you know, and I started speaking and I was a sponsor now and I was going, you know, uh, you know, you know, talking to everybody and, and carrying the message and all that stuff. And I would share at the meetings and they say, wow, Eric, your words were powerful. And they just really, really helped me out. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I am amazing. So you're very welcome. And they would say, wow, Eric, you lost all this weight. You look fantastic. I said, yes, yes, I'm very thin now. Thank you for noticing them. And, and I am amazing. And then, you know, that was, that was relapse because I, I didn't, I didn't give it to my higher power. I, I took it, you know, as if it was me, as if I had the ability to abstain for even one day, which I don't, not even now, not without a higher power, not without a sponsor, you know, and then what happened was inevitable. You know, I left and then what happened after that also came from the big book, also inevitable. This is the progressive illness that gets worse, over, never better over time, as it says in, in, the, in our literature, you know. And so I put on weight faster than ever. I slipped into the darkness faster than ever. Waves of depression, anxiety, and fear, and dread, and resentment, and anger, and just all the fun stuff that, that, that I feel when I'm in my disease, you know. And I ate my way up to 540 pounds. And I didn't come back until 2005 which I had no intention of it at that time of staying in program, but I had lost weight here before back in the nineties. So I thought maybe I'd give it a shot again, you know, and I got myself a sponsor and he was ridiculous because he doesn't know as much as I do about program and how it works. You know, I was a sponsor. I had been working with a lot of people, you know, people told people who told me that I'm amazing and they were right because I am amazing. I was so amazing. And I don't know if you've ever done this, anybody out there has ever done this before, but I was so amazing. I started sponsoring myself, you know, and if you ever sponsor yourself, it's just the best. Should I eat this? You just eat it. You don't have to run it by anybody. Should I go there? It's questionable. It's a bad place. No, no, no. You're amazing. Uh, go there. You're going to be just fine. You know, but when I, when I started asking this man for help, my intention was just to lose weight in all sincerity, you know, and I've been with him for the past 15 years now. By the grace of God, you know, I, I'm here. I haven't left. Uh, and I have a wife and I have two beautiful children. I have a three-year-old and a five-year-old. And I have a life that I could never have imagined for myself or even wanted for myself, by the way. You know, I never thought this is, you know, this is in the cards for me. I could never take care of myself. I couldn't imagine taking care of a human being, you know. Uh, it's, just, it's just not possible. But I got a sponsor and I follow direction one day at a time, you know, and this, this life that I have is, is also inevitable because of that, because of that relationship. You know, I don't personally believe that the steps and the traditions and the concepts and the tools are the answers to everything. I think that you get a sponsor and if I get a sponsor and follow direction, those things then become relevant. Otherwise it's just information, just a bunch of words in a book that somebody wrote. But once I connect it with the sponsor, you know, and I have that accountability and I have that, that assistance that connects me to my higher power in a way that's miraculous and amazing that I could have never, ever. Thank you. uh, Thank you. 
that I could never imagine for myself, you know. So if you're new, if you're struggling with this thing, I get that. And, and if you're not able to abstain or get a sponsor or work this program at all, that's totally fine and okay, you know. But when you're ready, this is what we do. We get a sponsor, we follow direction, and everything that I have is yours. And thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much. Would you like to share your contact information on the recording, or would you like for me to stop the recording first? I'll, no, I'll do it on the recording. Um, my name is Eric okay. G, Pulse Overeater. Uh, my phone number is 714-348-1140 at specific time in, here in California, but you can call anytime because anytime is a good time. Thank you. <laughs>